Hello, and welcome to the Photography Horizons podcast. My name is Bob Shank, and this is episode number four. Today we are going to talk about sports photography. I have the opportunity to shoot a lot of sporting events, mostly baseball, some football, softball, volleyball, a little soccer, and some field hockey. Today, we will discuss the equipment needed for sports photography and some tips and techniques for getting better sports images. A small discussion on ethics will also be included. First, let's look at what's on the horizon this week. The Worldwide Photo Walk, sponsored by Scott Kelby, is scheduled for this weekend. You can find a walk in your area by going to www.worldwidephotowalk.com. I am hosting one of these participating walks in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, tomorrow, Saturday, October 1st, starting at 5.15 p.m. To find out more about this photo walk, or to sign up, go to the show notes page. I just returned from a wonderful five-day photo trip to Winslow Hill in Elk County, Pennsylvania. This is the Elk Capital of Pennsylvania, and I am fortunate to have a camp right in the heart of the Elk Range. In fact, we often have elk in our yard, as we did again this week. It rained a lot on this trip, but between raindrops and even during the rainstorms, I was able to capture some impressive photographs of these amazing mammals. Check out my blog for details on my trip and to see some of the photographs I captured. My good friend and photo colleague, Dick McCright, and I host the Pennsylvania Elk Photography Experience two times a year. So if you'd like a guided photo trip with lots of chances to photograph the elk and learn more about wildlife, check out my website at bobshankphotography.com. Now, on to our working horizon, sports photography. Sports photography is loaded with lots of action, bright colors, and this provides great photographs. I've been photographing sports for a few years now, and it's absolutely one of my favorite types of photography. I prefer to think of myself as a photojournalist at a game, trying my best to capture the breathtaking action and tell the story of each particular game. You do not really need that much to get started in sports photography. A camera and a decent sized telephoto lens will get you in the game. After you are shooting for a while, however, there is more equipment you will want to acquire to advance in sports photography. The basic sports photography kit is a good camera with a decent number of frames per second as you hold down the shutter release. My camera provides 6 frames per second, which is useful for stopping the peak action, which I will discuss a little bit later. The best lens to start with is the 70-300mm lens. This lens will provide some decent reach to get you into the action. The downside of this lens is its variable aperture which typically starts out at f4 and then goes up to f5.6 as you zoom in. This is not a problem for most daytime sports as long as it is sunny and bright. Add some dark clouds and move later into the day as the sun is setting and you will need to upgrade to a faster lens. My preferred lens for sports photography is the f2.8 70-200mm lens. I also use a 1.4x teleconverter to increase my reach. The advantage of this lens is obviously its faster aperture of 2.8. And the beauty of this is that the f2.8 aperture stays constant throughout the whole range of your zoom. So, even when you zoom in to 200mm, 
you will still have the fast aperture of 2.8. Sweet. Even with this expensive lens, there are still limits. For example, I rarely get good shots of the outfielders in the baseball game because they are typically too far away. This is where the 200 to 400 millimeter lens would come in real handy. And this is exactly why I am saving my pennies to hopefully purchase this lens within the next year. It will be my biggest layout for photo gear to date, but I believe it's the next step for me to take photographically. Some sports photographers also prefer either the f2.8 300mm lens or the f2.8 400mm lens. Both of these are expensive lenses, but increase the zoom range while keeping the aperture wide open and fast. The next piece of equipment you need, to, you need is a good quality monopod. Unlike a tripod, the monopod features only one leg. The idea is that your two legs and the monopod leg form the three legs of a makeshift tripod. This works well and the monopod is easy to move around with. I often shoot from my knees to maintain a low perspective and I always use a monopod to keep the camera as steady and still as possible. When the action is fast and furious, this is imperative. I simply attach the monopod directly onto my camera body. Others prefer to add a monoball or some other device to allow the camera to move in different directions while shooting. Many photographers prefer to use two camera bodies with different lenses attached to each one. When I shoot football games from the sidelines, I use one camera with a 70-200mm lens on my monopod and I keep another camera with a 24-70mm over my shoulder. This way I can zoom into the action on the field, but as it comes closer to me, I can switch to the shorter lens. The Black Rapid strap is a great tool to keep a second camera over your shoulder. It attaches to the tripod mount on the bottom of the camera. This strap then holds the camera down by your side, upside down. It is only a quick grab away and always in position to use. With a little practice you can bring the second camera body into action, like a cowboy making a quick draw in the Old West. One last piece of equipment I'll mention is the cheapest, but an item I use on all sports photography shoots, knee pads. These can be bought at the local home builder store and are often used by tile and carpet layers to protect their knees on the job. At the very least, knee pads keep my pants cleaner on the dusty sidelines and drier on a wet day. At their best, they save my knees from stones, sticks, and other debris. I make sure to always have my knee pads with me. Let's talk about some sports photo tips now. First is the position you put yourself into to photograph a game. This is really important and will dictate the quality of photographs you'll be able to achieve during a game. Baseball games are played in front of a backstop and usually some other fencing. While some photographers do take photos behind a fence, I never do. I want as clear a shot at the action as possible. Sideline positioning is good for football and soccer games. Shots from the end zone can also be effective during football games. Baseline shots are good for basketball games, and the corners are good for volleyball games. Now here are some camera setup tips. There are a number of different ways to approach sports photography, and I certainly don't believe my way is the only way. What I do works for me, 
so I will share these tips only as a starting point. I like to use aperture priority mode and typically photograph sports with a wide open aperture. I prefer this because it blurs out the background, helping to keep focus and attention on the main subject, the player or players making the play. Aperture priority allows me to set the aperture and just shoot, while the camera's computer calculates the proper shutter speed. Remember, however, that we need fairly fast shutter speeds to stop the action, especially the ball. I prefer to keep the shutter speed at 1 500th of a second or even faster. If I am wide open with the aperture and the shutter speed falls too far down, I will raise the ISO to allow more light into the camera, which then allows for a faster shutter speed. We seem to be always chasing light and sports photography is no exception. One important tip I cannot stress enough is knowing the sport you are photographing. I am a sports nut, so I know a lot about most every sport I shoot, but I've found that I do better at the sports I've coached in the past. This is because I know where to anticipate where the next action might take place. Let's look at a few examples. Example number one. You are photographing a baseball game, and the first batter in an inning gets walked. Where do you point your camera for the next best shot? The pitcher? The batter? The runner on first base? Second base? The base runner could attempt to steal second base. The pitcher might try a pickoff move to first base. And the hitter is obviously planning on putting the ball into play with his bat. So, where do you point your camera? Well, it depends. Do you know the pitcher's tendencies? Is the base runner fast or slow? Where is the hitter in the lineup? Many times, a base runner will not attempt to steal with nobody out, unless he is really fast. So I would most likely point my camera toward the batter, or maybe first base. Here's my thinking. Action at the plate is always good to capture, especially a hitter trying to bunt a runner over to second base. If you can time the shot right, which is much easier with a bunt, you can get a good shot with a baseball in the frame of your photo. If it is a close game, or the runner is really fast, or the pitcher has a great pickoff move, then I might aim in the direction of first base, hoping to get a shot of the runner sliding back into the bag as the tag is being placed on him. You see, knowing the game of baseball and the player's and coach's tendencies can all be extremely val valuable when photographing a game. Now, example number two. You are shooting a football game, and it's third down and seven yards to go. Where do you point your camera? Again, it depends on a number of variables. Is the quarterback a good passer? Does the coach like to call an option play in this situation? Is there a go-to receiver or running back that is called on in clutch situations? The answers to these questions will help you determine where to get ready to capture the action. I coached baseball and football for nine years, so I know these games fairly well. I know situational calls at least and have experience for what might best happen in a given situation. But the overriding rule in sports photography is always be ready for the action. Always. Because you just never know what might happen, and by being ready at all times, you have a much better chance of capturing the peak action.
What is peak action? This is the moment of action that decides a play. A base runner attempting to steal third base, a receiver jumping into the air to catch a bomb, or a forward rising high to grab a rebound. These are all peak action shots, and they all have the ability to determine the outcome of the play or even the game. Capturing the peak action needs to be your goal, and you need to do your very best to capture the ball in the frame of your photograph during this peak action shot. For example, if the receiver is jumping up to catch that bomb, showing the ball coming towards his outstretched hands is definitely a peak action shot. These are the moments sports photographers live for every time they photograph a game. These are also the shots that players and spectators love to see and will perhaps even purchase. Let's take a few moments now to talk about ethics in sports photography. Don't just bust onto the scene, butting in the way of other photographers. Be courteous and ask permission before you do anything. Press credentials are required at some venues, so be sure to acquire them before the game. Most of all, when it comes to photographing players, be sure to never embarrass them. Sports events consist of all kinds of actions, both on the field and off, that can potentially embarrass a player or a coach. Again, use common sense and imagine how you would feel if a photo showed up with you doing something embarrassing. Just use your head here and be careful. Once you post a photograph, there is no taking it back. My personal policy is, to the best of my ability, never embarrass a player. There is a fine line here because what can be a good play for one player can be sometimes somewhat embarrassing for another. A strikeout or a player caught stealing a base are just two examples of what I mean. When I am photographing for one specific team, I am more selective in what I will post to the after-game photo gallery. If I am documenting a game, then I will put all the photos together in one gallery. Otherwise, I consider sometimes putting up two galleries, one for each team. One last thought on ethics and etiquette. Be polite and remain humble as much as possible. This will go a long way, not only for you, but for future photographers as well. Again, using common sense usually prevails in most cases. I would love to hear feedback on your thoughts about sports photography. Let me know if you have some additional tips that you use when photographing a game. Please let me know by commenting on the show notes page. I know I can keep getting better if I keep an open mind, keep gaining experience, and am open to learning new tips and techniques. Sports photography can seem overwhelming at times, but there is nothing quite like that moment when you aim your camera, click the shutter release, and capture the peak action in a game. I created a short list of sports photography equipment on my B&H photography wish list. I will add this link to the show notes page. Next week, we will look at basic exposure for quality photographs. The discussion will include the various shooting modes on most digital cameras today and how to properly expose for quality and consistent photographs. Join us next week to hear about and think about new horizons in your photography. You can find out more about me at www.bobshankphotography.com. And I will have links to the topics mentioned in today's podcast 
on our show notes page at photographyhorizons.wordpress.com. What's on the horizon of your photography? Copyright 2011, Bob Shank Photography, all rights reserved.
Copyright 2011, Bob Shank Photography, All Rights Reserved.